0: Well, good morning, Lamb of God family. Just thank you so much. For giving me the opportunity once again to bring God's word to you. This has been such an intimidating yet incredibly exciting part of my journey to be blessed to be able to share with you and to preach the good news to you publicly. So thank you, thank you so much for having me. For those of you who may not know me yet, my name is Megan Fondren, and I just want to dive into God's word this morning. But before we do that, I just want to pray over us a pray, a prayer that I so frequently pray because it's right on out of the Bible and when in doubt, always pray God's word right back to him. So let's dive in this morning. God, I just thank you once again for this opportunity that I have to serve you this way, Lord. Anytime I open my mouth to share the word that you have spoken to me, Lord, I just pray and I trust that it will go forth and accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which you have sent it. And God, once again, I pray over each of us. God, that the the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which you have called us. Give us more wisdom and revelation of you today and perfect what is lacking in our faith this morning so that we can turn around and give you more glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So the last few weeks, we've been in this sermon series titled Winning at Home Family Relationships Edition. And the whole point of this series is to give us revelation and insight on the fact that we can have abundant life even within our families. So the first week, Pastor Tim set us up nicely by encouraging us to um, become enlightened and challenging us to examine our current family situations and then look to realize where in our family. What we brought from our childhood into our current situations that could change, that maybe are holding us back a little bit. He um, encouraged us to examine the unhealthy habits that we may have brought up from whatever environment we were raised in. If it was godly, ungodly, good, bad, you know, loving, neg- neglectful um happy, hurtful, whatever experiences we had growing up, we learned the first week of this series as Pastor Tim put it, you are who you've been trained to be and will only change in the areas that you retrain yourself intentionally. So we learn that even when we've been programmed to have specific thoughts or behavior patterns, actions, attitudes, whatever, even if we have those in ungodly and unhealthy ways, we have the power through the power of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross to change those things and to recreate them the way that God intended. So this leads to freedom and joy and peace and unlocking all the blessings that God has for us. And we learn to do this, we need to be filtering our thoughts, our actions, our beliefs, our attitudes through God's word and weed out anything that is not in alignment with it. So this is kind of, you know, it's a difficult task and it's a lifelong process. But the work has already been done for us by what Jesus did on that cross 2,000 years ago, and now it's just up to us to unleash it and unlock it and access that power and apply it to our lives. So last week, Ryan brought a moving message on how he had to apply these concepts to his own life, which helped him realize and recognize some hurt and the fact that there was some forgiveness that he needed to give to certain family members just as Christ forgave us. And this is so vital in restoration and recovery of relationships and our families, so this week I want to have a discussion on breaking generational curses and stepping into God's blessing for us and our families. And I'm going to do this by sprinkling in sprinkling in a few experiences that I've had throughout my life because I love the scripture from Revelation 12:11 that says that they overcame the accuser by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The blood of the lamb has already set out to do what it meant to do. And now it's time for us to access it and apply that power to our lives. And so if I can encourage you, if I can inspire you, if I can remind you that you are not alone by sharing my experience this morning. And if you can glean from our time together that whatever you're facing, whatever is standing in your way, whatever sea seems impossible to cross, whatever dry bones there may be in your family life. God is bigger. God restores. God makes all things new. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God loves you. He has good plans for you. And he has good plans for your family. If you take that away from what we said, what I share with you this morning, then all the more will we silence that accuser and walk in the victory and the promises that God has for us. So my goal today, through the guidance of the Spirit, of course, is to give you a practical approach to how you can break those chains of generational curses and walk in victory. And you know, there's all too often we hear this amazing sermon, this message that is so inspiring, it's so motivational, but then we leave the sanctuary or we leave the message and we just don't really know how to apply what was said to our everyday lives to make something happen and to make that change happen. Thankfully, that does not happen here at Lamb of God Fellowship because we have a pastor whose heart is to teach the biblical truths and how to apply them to our lives so that we will see real change. So that's what I hope to do today for us. And I want to start with our memory verse. So this morning I want to read from us out of Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. And this is from the NIV. And it says, This day. I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. Choose life. A choice. A choice. But we didn't get to choose the upbringing that we had. More than likely, Many of our learned behaviors, beliefs, attitudes, actions more than likely came from generations before us that were taught to us, whether knowingly or unknowingly by our parents, grandparents, or whoever had a hand in raising us. And I'm talking about those things that you brought from your childhood into your marriage or your parenting style um, that are not aligned with God's word and therefore are responsible for bringing curses and bondage and burden and stress into your life. And I want to remind you today that these aren't really your fault that they were learned in the first place, but it is within your power through the resurrection power coursing through your vein as a child of God to change them and not continue in them. Therefore, breaking the curse that has burdened so many generations before you, hence the term generational curse, and then therefore choosing blessing and life, a choice. When I was growing up, there were many areas that were very evident that God had not been a part of. And before I delve into my past, I just want to put out there that I loved my parents. They were amazing people. And while I think that, I truly believe that they thought they were doing the best they could with what they were given in life, but they fell short. And don't get me wrong. I am not perfect. I fall short every single day. But the biggest difference is that I recognize God's grace is enough and his mercies are new every morning. And honestly, the biggest contrast between my upbringing and the one that my children are experiencing is the fact that I realize everything that we need for life and godliness is found in Christ and can be found in his word. So because um, I actually titled my message today, Kids, Mommy's Home, because I kind of find it almost comical how different my upbringing was from the one that my children are experiencing today. But And knowing what I know now, looking back and seeing um, the shortcomings of my parents, they actually were just generational curses that were left unchecked. So first of all, I come from a long line of divorced Families. I mean, I came from a a divorced family, and looking back, almost everybody in my family that I know of, besides maybe um, my dad's parents, uh, have at least been divorced once in their lifetime that I know of anyway. So that's a long line. And for me specifically, I think my mom kicked my dad out when I was probably four or five, and I really didn't see much of him for several years. I remember him coming and trying to take us to, I don't know, go to his house or spend time with us for the day or something. But I would be scared hiding in my room because my mom and dad would be screaming at each other, throwing things at each other, calling each other names. And I'd be the scared little girl crying, not wanting to go with my dad. So eventually my dad would give up and he'd get mad and he'd leave and it'd be a few weeks before we ever saw him again. And then when I was 11, my dad met my stepmom and um, things changed from there because my stepmom to this day still is very uh, one of her values is family and family time so once he met her I don't know if it was because of her herself or if it was just I was old enough to realize at this point I do remember seeing my dad every other weekend like clockwork after that but before that he was kind of in and out Um, I also come from a home where love was questioned, but anger was prevalent. There will be verbal and emotional abuse to my brothers and myself. Um, I know both my parents were raised in similar environments as well. There will be times where uh, we wondered which mom was going to come home from work today. Was it going to be nice mom, mean mom? Was it going to be happy mom, sad mom? Was it going to be scary mom or funny mom? We We just weren't sure. Um, I also come from a poverty stricken home. My mom made less than $10,000 raising three kids. Uh, Child support checks were few and far between, so she did the best she could, and she worked very, very hard. She sometimes worked more than one job to try to keep food on the table and a roof over our heads, and sometimes that just wasn't enough. Um, We moved 11 times before I graduated from high school because we just kept getting evicted from various homes because we couldn't pay the rent, and there were twice, two times in my life where we were homeless for a couple months at a time. We were never on the street, Thankfully, uh, either a friend took us in or there was a time that we lived in like an abandoned trailer for a few weeks, but it was just a very confusing time as a child. I also come from a family with a long line of chronic illnesses, chronic diseases, including mental illnesses. My mom had multiple health issues and I honestly, I don't remember a time where my mom wasn't ill. In fact, I remember being eight years old and at the time we lived just down the road from Riverside Market here in Montrose and every single week for a year straight, I would take my little red wagon and our food stamps and I would walk to Riverside and do our weekly grocery shopping every week for a year because my mom was sick in the bed for that long during that time. And both my parents passed away at very young ages because of chronic disease. My mom was 60 years old and my dad was 62. And uh, really the oldest family member that I know of passed away at like 70 or something like that. And, but most people in my family pass away in their 50s or their 60s. I mean, that is just so, so young. The list of generational curses in my family could go on, but I think I've given you a good um, example of how generational curses are very real and they have very real effects. And I just want to put it out there, I know that there are people out there whose generational curses are much worse and much darker than the things that I experienced. I know some of your stories. And while my heart breaks to hear them, I also rejoice because I know the transformation that God has brought into your life. And I know that he has even more blessing for you. And the thing is, all of us can actually be intentional on receiving that blessing because we choose blessing and life, as we learned from our memory verse this morning from Deuteronomy. But in order to choose and to make that choice wisely, we must first recognize the behavior that needs to be changed in the first place. Then we need to repent of it and then replace it with God's truth by renewing our minds, by constantly bombarding ourselves with God's word so that eventually what his word says, what his truth is, becomes second nature to us. This leads to an unleashing of the promises of life and blessing that God says are ours when we make this choice. So let's walk through this process of choosing blessing in life by first recognizing the generational curses for what they are. Because this is very, very vital in our recovery and restoration process. And for starters, maybe you don't know how to recognize this. Well, first of all, if there's anything in your marriage or your parenting style that's causing some sort of unrest or anxiety or arguments or anger, bitterness, resentment, um, anything that's leading to more fights, to restless, restlessness at nighttime, insomnia anything along those lines, this is a good clue that this is not of the spirit of God and needs to be weeded out of your life. So examine those behaviors, those actions, those attitudes, those thoughts that lead to those feelings and start there. For me, I think I first realized something needed to change in my marriage about a month after the honeymoon was over. Okay, here it is. He put the keys in the wrong spot. I mean, seriously, we have a key spot, a key hook by the door for a reason. So why in the world did I get home from class? We were in college at the time. Why did I get home from class and find the keys sitting on top of the TV? Now, this was back in the olden days when TVs were boxes. So there was like room to put keys on top of it. But anyway, he had them in the wrong spot. Oh, my gosh. But in all seriousness, the the feeling that I or the The way that I treated that man for putting the keys about two feet away from where I wanted them, that caused so much stress, so many arguments, so much anxiety, so many tears. And the funny thing is, God told me at a young age, when I was a teenager, that the generational curse of divorce was going to end with me, yet I still allowed myself to get sucked into that petty fight. But thank God that the Spirit spoke to me about that. And it was through the Spirit's guidance that I quickly recognized the need to make a change or else our marriage would be heading down that same path that so many generations before me went down. And the next time I would recognize that a generational curse was trying to rear its ugly head and gain a stronghold in my life was after my third child was born. I vowed when we first found out that we were going to be parents that I would never be a yeller. My mom was a yeller. She yelled a lot. She threw verbal insults. She questions my intelligence. She degraded my brothers and me both publicly and privately. And she said things out of her frustration that really had me doubting her love for me. And I know my brothers could say the same. I would not do this to my children. But whew, boy, oh boy, When you're trying to put that newborn baby down and your two older children are just screaming and fighting with each other and they won't be quiet so that the baby will finally go to sleep, I lost it. I lost it. And I just started screaming. And honestly, that was just the first time. It got a lot worse there for a while. And the thing is, the stress, the tears, the increased fighting from all the kids, the guilt that I carried after a yelling fit. I mean, these eventually, eventually, it took years, guys, it triggered me to recognize that I was starting to walk the path that my mom and her mom before her had walked. I knew something had to change. My children would not grow up questioning my love, but knowing for sure the wrath of their mother like I had when I was growing up. So another important tool needed to recognize the generational curse is to get into God's word that is so vital for everything you can't know what areas of your life need to change or you can't know what areas of your life are out of God's will until you know what God's will is so get into God's word he will reveal to you the ways of God through his word so that you can see the ways of your life that need to change So first of all, 2 Timothy 3.16 from the NIV says, All scripture is God-breathed and therefore useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So start digging in and ask the spirit for guidance on this. If you hear his voice leading you to a certain passage, leading you to a certain devotional, maybe telling you to reread, reread, reread a certain scripture over and over and over again, do it. Listen to him because ask for wisdom and revelation, because as you do this, he is going to grant that request. He is going to answer that prayer because Matthew 7, 7 tells us, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be opened. And if you need more proof of this, James 1, 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So once the biblical truths from God's word are understood and you start to see the areas in your life that are unhealthy, that are lacking, that are barren wastelands, you must realize that they can and they should be changed to become aligned with God's word. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Isaiah 43, 19 says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This whole thing, getting into God's word, recognizing these curses and doing something about it is going to lead to a freedom and a release of the curse in this specific area and it will change the trajectory of your family's legacy. This is powerful truth, you guys. So, It was because of God's word for my life that I realized poverty was one of my family's generational curses. You see, my mom would use her money to buy cigarettes, but she wouldn't always give her tithes as God had commanded us. She would hold back sometimes, not always, but sometimes because she was just afraid that she would need the money for something else rather than trust God to open the floodgates of heaven and take care of us as he promised that he would do. And so I recognize the importance of tithing by reading God's word, and so I've been faithful in bringing my tithes to the storehouse since I was nine years old and started getting paid my own money for babysitting. And God has blessed me because of that. And it was through God's word that I realized this long line of early deaths and chronic diseases and mental illnesses was a curse straight from the enemy. God's word says that by His stripes I am healed. God's word says that I don't have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, not not a crazy, restless mind. God's word says that I can have peace that passes all understanding. God's word says to cast my cares on him because he cares for me. God's word says that I'll have a long, healthy life when I diligently seek him and do what his word says because I love him. And I think you get the picture of how we use God's word to examine our lives and recognize the problem. So where do we go from there? And the process, oh, that's, that's the messy part, really. The process of breaking the curse is long, it's messy, it's hard, but it is so worth all the blood, sweat, and tears, literally. So just as recognizing the curses that need to be broken in the first place, um, the process requires God's word to be put into action. So Hebrews 4:12 says, "For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Let God's word divide er, I'm sorry... Let God's word divide who you were brought up to be with who God has anointed you to be. Let God's word divide the genetic inheritance you unwillingly were given with the divine inheritance that is rightfully yours as joint heirs with Christ. You've got to get God's word into your mind and your heart for him to be able to accomplish this within you. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. You know this one, say it with me. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So we must practically put this into practice every single day. So for man does not live on bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus Christ said that, said that himself in Matthew 4.4. 4. So the Bible is God's word spoken over us. The B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. Any burlapped cashmere fans out there? Raise your hand in the comment section if you know who I'm talking about. And if it's just me, that's okay. It's a great band. (laughs) But anyway, for me, once I realized something that needed to be changed in my marriage, it was God's word that taught me love is so much more than just this fluffy butterfly feeling in the pit of my stomach, but it's sacrifice. It was God's word that taught me what it means to be a Proverbs 31 woman, one that my husband could be proud to grow old with. It was um, when I realized that chronic disease was a curse over my family. um, I actually started getting into God's word to seeing what his word had to say about health. So I found that the best diets, the tried and true scientifically proven diets out there, not the fads, but the proven diet plans are actually found in scripture as the healthiest diets. And then I found God's word encouraged physical activity. So that confirmed to me the importance of exercise. And then I really found out from God's word what it means to be a temple of the Holy Spirit and how to take good care of this temple so that it's in tip top shape so that it can be healthy and whole and be around to be used for God's presence so that people can experience the presence of God for years and years and years to come. So as I mentioned earlier, it was also by God's word that I recognized poverty as a generational curse, but also how I recognized that I was to bring the tithe faithfully. And also God's word taught me how to be a cheerful giver of our offerings as well. And, you know, maybe my testimony sounds great. You know, it's, it's all well and good, but you just don't know where to start for your specific situation. Well, hey, there are lots of tools out there to help you get into God's word. My favorite, my personal favorite, the one that I use probably most often, and you've heard me say it before, is the YouVersion Bible app for any mobile device. You can put it, you can even put it on your non-mobile device. You can put it on your, um, your computer. You can put it on your laptop. You can put it on your phone, your Kindle, whatever you have. Uh, you just download it. It's free. This is my personal favorite because of the variety that's available. And if you want any specific recommendations, anything by the Bible Project or any of the Through the Word devotionals, they are awesome. They are just full of so much insight, so much wisdom and revelation, but they are a little deep for new believers. So if you are a new believer and you're not sure where to start, just download this app and then go to the search section and just search any part of your life, any topic that you're struggling with, any topic that you have questions about, put that in the search bar and then just read one of the the devotionals that pops up. That's where I recommend starting. But another tool, if you don't want to download an app, if you want to try to stay away from technology, that's totally fine. Another tool is the Scripture Journal, My Life Journal. Pastor Tim has a heart to get us into God's Word and get God's Word into us. So he has been awesome in coming up with this device that has been I mean, it has totally worked, and Kelly Blackburn has worked her tushy off to get these things printed and bound so that you can have a copy to take home um, every time that we're done with the scripture there on the welcome desk. If you do want to come to the church during office hours, come and grab one because this is an awesome way. By the end of every week, you will have a complete scripture and the address of that scripture memorized so much it'll be so deeply rooted in you that it's just going to naturally come out of you and be a part of who you are. that's how we transform our mind by the renewing or transform and not be conformed to this world by the renewing of our mind. Um, another tool is YouTube. This is a really great resource. Um, so many great preachers are available. Worship music is available. Um, certain scriptural and biblical concepts are explained through a lot of YouTube videos. So get on YouTube and just do a search on what your uh, whatever area of your life that you need to have changed. For those of us who are too busy to watch something or read something, there are audiobooks and podcasts are another option. So many pastors, so many preachers out there speaking God's word. The Bible, literally, you can download a podcast and the Bible can just be read to you. So there are so many resources. Stop having an excuse of not getting into God's word. So literally Google, if you got a computer, if you got your phone, Google whatever area in your life that you need to transform and then start getting into God's truth and let that truth start, you know, get rooted into you so that you can transform your life. It will eventually become your new normal. So, in addition to getting into um, and applying God's word, we need to rely on each other to help us through this process of breaking generational curses. So get a spiritual mentor, get an accountability partner. Proverbs 27:17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We need each other. Hebrews, Hebrews 13, or I'm sorry, Hebrews 3:13 from the NIV says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. When you get a friend who sticks closer than a brother doing real life together, they help hold us up. They help encourage us in righteousness and discourage us from sin. So find someone who loves you enough to speak truth in love in your life today. Hebrews uh, ten twenty four through twenty five from the uh, New King James Version, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as so many are in a man, or as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. So come to church, get these friends that stick closer to a brother from church. Trust me on this. Galatians six two, carry each other's burdens. This is what a church family does for each other. So specifically here at Lamb of God Fellowship, um, we have so many resources available to plug you in with other believers to help lift each other up. You know, it's this way online, um, even the the Women's Bible Study, you can join online. Um, CR, Celebrate Recovery, which is sort of like an AA, Alcohol's Anonymous, but it's not just for people struggling with alcohol. It's for anybody struggling with a hurt habit or hang up that is just holding you back from the fullness and the freedom that God has for you, we have a program here for that that both meets online and in person. And for me, CR is one of the strongest tools, in my opinion, that we have at this church. And it has been vital in safeguarding me and my mental health from the generational curses of depression and anxiety. I mean, my crazy rebel sparkle sisters out there, they are more than just accountability partners. There is a bond that is lifelong and unbreakable because we went through this process together of building each other up, ironing or iron, sharpening iron, carrying each other's burdens. So if you know what I'm talking about, I want you you to get a whoop whoop in the comment section. I love my crazy Rebel Sparkle sisters, and I miss you guys so much. But if CR is not for you, if you just don't feel like being part of that, that's okay. There are life groups available, just a group of people who get together week after week, diving into God's word and doing real life together. There's men's group, there's women's group. Join a minister team and start serving and be a part of that team to just do life together and just rely on each other and, and help each other and carry each other's burdens. There are just so many opportunities right here at your local, local church. We just really, we need to stop coming up with excuses and start getting plugged in and your life will change. Those curses will start to be broken and the blessings will flow on you and your children and their children and their children. Generations to come will have blessing rather than curse. So my last piece of advice for going through the process of breaking curses is for you to start living your purpose, which simply put is to worship. And as we learn from Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord, not for human masters. So this really just means that everything that we do is an act of worship when we do it with the right position of our heart. So another way you can do this is listen to Christian music instead of other genres. This is also a form of worship. And literally every Christian worship song out there is based on biblical truth and God's word. So that's another way to get God's truth into your heart. Read Christian books, watch Christian shows, stop letting the garbage of this world and what the world says is normal and what the world says is expected into your life when you now know God has so much more for you. Again, this is all a process. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. So don't expect, I mean, God can work a miracle that way. Don't get me wrong. But for most of us, it is this process where we learn the most, where we grow the most, where we gain the most. So it is okay that it's going to be slow and it's okay that it's going to be messy. But when you start to apply these practices, when you start to apply these principles slowly, but surely things start to change. And the the results and the benefits of breaking those generational curses are immeasurably more than we could ever even ask, hope, or imagine. (laughs) Freedom and fruitfulness, abundant life for you and your family. For me, my marriage is secure because it is now rooted in God's truth and centered in Christ. There's joy and laughter in my home where I once had anger and hurt. There's peace and love in our home where I once had chaos and heartbreak and there's stability and financial peace where I once had fear and uncertainty. There's health and wholeness where there used to be a path to illness. Breaking curses and stepping into your blessing leads to a complete and total change of the trajectory of your family's legacy. You do not have to accept the labels that your family has carried throughout the years. Start making your own path based on what God says about you. Every blessing ever spoken by the Lord is yours if you choose to accept them and access them by walking in His ways. So, in closing, I just want to have this um, response time to whatever it is that the Spirit has been stirring within you throughout the message this morning. And so even if you're at home, I just want you to have a time of prayer and reflection and even coming to the altar, whether it's your living room floor, um, maybe your bed, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's a time for you to respond to what the Spirit is speaking to you this morning. So maybe there are some of you that can relate to my testimony and and hopefully I've inspired some of you to step into freedom for your family dynamic. And I just want you, if that's you, come to the altar this morning and repent of that generational curse and start replacing it with God's truth and start claiming and proclaiming and living the blessing and the life that he has for you. Maybe there are some of you whose generational curses are just so much darker than anything that we touched on here, and maybe they carry a whole lot heavier of a burden than I could even know. (laughs) And maybe you're thinking right now, Megan, you have no idea the burden I carry. You have no idea the abuse I grew up with, the horrors that I've seen that made me who I am today, that made me bring this into my family. You're right. You're right. I, I don't know. But there is someone who does. Mm. In fact, he's been there. He has heard your cry since you were that scared child hiding from the horrors and the darkness that you did not deserve that you should never have seen in the first place. And the thing is that he's been there with you the entire time. If you can look and stop and reflect, he has never left your side, not even for a moment And he's calling you right now. He's speaking to your heart this morning and he's stirring this hope within you that won't fail you. It's not going to disappoint you. It's not going to let you down. Come to the altar this morning, even if it's right there in your living room. Lay it down. Choose blessing. Choose life today. And honestly, I'd love to pray with you. So if there's anything that we can be praying with you about uh, these curses, stepping into the blessing, whatever it is, put it in your comment section. Go to the link for um, our prayer card, whatever it is. I just want to pray with you because God is powerful and he's willing and he is able to restore and renew. And he wants to meet you there right now, right here, wherever you are. So come to the altar this morning. And if you don't know this God who sets this choice before you, the choice of blessing and curses, the choice of life and death, I never want to leave um, a moment, an opportunity uh, to give you to to accept him as your Lord and Savior and to choose this life that I speak about So you may not know this God, but he knows you and he knows the number of hairs on your heads. He knows your every thought, your every desire. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future and all he wants from you is your heart. So if you want to know this God this morning, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord, here I am. I want to know you, Jesus. I recognize you as Lord. And and I just ask that you forgive me of living for myself and teach me this morning how to start living for you and laying down my life so that I can experience this freedom and this blessing and this life. Teach me and show me your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I just want you to raise your hand in the comment section, whether this is the first time or the millionth time. We want to celebrate with you, and we want to connect you with some resources to help you on this journey. And I just want you to know that all of heaven is rejoicing. There is a celebration going on because a child has come home. So congratulations. I am so excited. And for those of you spending some time um, with the Spirit this morning, just seeking Him and, and breaking those generational curses, I am so excited for you to please, please, please Put it in the comment section if you need help, if you need prayer, if you need resources. We want to be here for you. That's what your church family is for. So guys, before we leave, I just want to pray over you. I am so excited for what God has for you. And may you take this and apply it to your life. Watch your chains fall and watch freedom reign so that you can go out and be a blessing to others and share this good news and share your testimony with others because they overcame the accuser by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Guys, we're in this together. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be here for such a time as this. Let's pray. God, thank you so much um, for your power, for your love, for your passion that you have for us, Lord. I just pray for um, real, tangible things to happen here in this place this morning. God, even if it is through the internet, it doesn't matter because your power transcends time and space. And I thank you so much for that. So Lord, have your way. Break chains this morning. God, give us revelation to recognize the curse. And God, give us that courage and that power and that motivation, that inspiration to step into the process of breaking it once and for all so that starting with us, our families from here on out, the generations can be called called blessed. Thank you so much for your power. Thank you that that's what you did for us and that's what you intended for us, Lord. You're not some faraway deity that we just hope and, and just hope and just hope that you're listening. No, you are alive. You are active. You are at work within us. I just thank you and I praise you, Lord. Have your way with us. Change us from the inside out. And I pray a blessing upon um, my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. Let them see you this week. Let them see your hand at work. I pray for a blessing upon them and everything that they put their hand to. Let it be blessed. Keep them safe and just let them hear your voice this week. We love you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Guys, have an amazing week. I can't wait to see you again next time. Bye.